0: Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking Fucking Killing killing Me. me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. And welcome back, y'all. Happy Tuesday. This week we have Anna Adele. Producer. Graphic designer. Business lady. Extraordinaire. (laughs) Here we go. Anna's amazing. (laughs) Hey, I'm
1: Anna Adele. I'm a freelance creative director here in Toronto. Amazing. How's the Yukon? Uh... Amazing. What <laughs> were you doing there? Just kind of hanging out. I went, uh, so in university, I made a friend who is like born and raised in Dawson wow. city. And she convinced a bunch of us to go up in 2010 and we had like the best summer ever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, We lived in a cabin that her dad owns outside of town there was like five of us and we made art and just like worked and stuff like that and then i went back again in 2012 and then i hadn't been back so like seven years Mm. and she she goes back almost every summer to work because there's such a tourist industry that you can like work seasonally and uh yeah i had kind of jokingly i'd sent her a note through a friend who was going to see her in berlin and saying, like, oh, you know, find me a job, and I'll be up there, you know, faster than you can say Gold Rush, and she sent me an email, being like, dude, get up here, there's lots of jobs, you can live with me for free, and Um, I was like, well, that's why I went freelance, right, like, that's the best part of it, is that you can do it from anywhere, so I went up, I was going to go for just six weeks, and then about two or three weeks, in, I extended it by a month, so I was up for her for almost three months, um, and yeah, got a couple serving jobs, did a bit of my freelance work, um, and yeah, it's just, it's a, such an amazing town and I like, wasn't sure if in my head I had remembered yeah. it in a certain way that wasn't quite right, but yeah. uh, it's cool going back now too because a lot of the people that I met um, the first summer I was up in 2010 and even in 2012 are like now sort of permanent residents and running things, running the art. And there's an art institute, there's the school, there's a foundational art school, um, there's a film festival, there's like all this kind of stuff going on, music festival that's really fun in July. Um, and so, yeah, I got to be kind of, like, help out with that stuff. Um, wow. Yeah, I almost stayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm still, I'm looking at pictures of people. It's, like, full snow, you know, like, minus yeah, yeah. 15 already. Uh, the river just froze. But there's still, everyone talking about it made it sound so, they're like, yeah, but it's not, like, you know, it's not windy, wet Toronto. It's, it's like, not, still. It's, it's, it's so cold. different. Have you been up?
2: I live, uh, grew up in northern Alberta. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the summers, like, the days are so mm-hmm. long. Yeah. Um, you see the Northern lights, it's like such a different type of nature, different type of like darkness in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. And there's like, there's not like the light pollution that's here.
1: Yeah.
2: I forget like what darkness is. (laughs) (laughs) And then I go home and I'm like, it's like, my parents like live a mile from like their closest neighbor. Yeah. And so it's like, there's like nothing. Nothing.
1: Well, yeah, I'd never stayed even in the past few times. I'd always left at the beginning of August. Yeah. And this time I stayed till the first week of September and so I'd never actually seen it in the dark. <laughs> okay. I've oh. always sort of been there. Because is it like, does it light? Yeah, like at solstice, like it doesn't get dark in oh. June and July. Interesting. It's um, just like,
2: kind of like, not hazy is the wrong word. Dusky but like is what I'm saying. Dusky, there yeah. you go. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: And then starting usually around Music Fest, like, the end of July, and then sort of the beginning of August, it starts to get dark, but still not till, like, 11 or 12 at night. Mm -hmm. And then I finally got to see the Northern Lights, which was my first time. Isn't that great? They're so cool. Yeah, (laughs) I was obsessed, like, every night I'd, like, look at, there's a forecast Mm -hmm. for them, and I'd look it up. Uh, And I saw a few good ones. Yeah. I'm sure nothing like the deep of winter. Yeah, it changed the feeling of the town, for sure, of seeing it in the dark, um... But yeah, there's something
0: different about being up there. So yeah, we've heard that actually from like multiple guests. I feel like often talk about like the magic of the Yukon. Yeah. Yeah. they have like, gone there on tour or like yeah have gone there for something, and they always talk. It's like it's like it's like culty kind of, it's not, <laughs> not culty in, like a bad way. It's just like you, like it like powers you in yeah, some yeah. way to like want to go back there.
1: Well, that's what I keep saying too. Is there is definitely a bit of this vibe of all the people you meet, and they're like one of us just
0: join us for the winter you know (laughs) stay
1: here like they want to build the community and uh...
2: (laughs) we have funding
0: (laughs) they do they have so much arts funding
1: yeah yeah they they sort of do i mean that is the great thing about it and like the friends who run like the art school like it does really feel like if you want to make some sort of strange project happen or like some Mm -hmm. event or like community happening um it's totally possible The funding is still not like crazy, like paying people enough for their jobs um, at like the arts institute and stuff is um, still difficult for them to get the money for that. Right. Because I was trying to get work, more work sort of doing um, like graphic design and my freelance work with them. And it's, you still, there's a limited budget there. But yeah, there is, I think if
2: you go through the right channels. Right. Mm -hmm. And probably per capita, there's more funding.
0: Yeah. Yep. Also probably if you have like an address there. Yeah, church. you're just, like, yeah. eligible to apply for more so life like, things.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's
1: a lot of programs in place to try and keep people there. Yeah. So once you become an actual resident, yes. uh, yeah, I think you can get a lot more money. But um, No, people seem to be doing, but it's also, I don't know, it's so tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're going to mm-hmm. have to have what
2: you want to do already
1: set up as an
2: idea. I don't know. Yeah, because mm-hmm. if you don't know what you want and you move there, it's either going to go, like, really well. Yeah or really bad.
1: And there's, you know, <laughs> there's a very real culture of just drinking all winter and, you know, finding, and that yeah. was the hard thing for me about the idea of staying was like, can I actually do freelance
2: here?
1: Uh, yeah, here and like yeah. find a way to stay. It's hard enough in the city to, I mean, yeah, it's hard enough in the city to stay social while doing your own work from home freelance. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was going to say that it's hard up there too, but it, also at the same time it's so much smaller that it's almost
2: like you're gonna go next door and see everyone you know
1: kind of thing so yeah
2: um, there's a different community aspect for sure yeah but I find having come from a place Mm -hmm. where it's like light in the summer and then dark in the winter the seasonal depression is really bad and coming Mm. from a place where like There's three feet of snow so it's like impossible for you to leave your house on the occasion Yeah, and it's like minus 40 on a regular basis and it's not safe to go outside It's like yeah, pretty isolating,
0: but are we actually still having days like that? Because I feel like because I'm from manitoba. So like definitely we I know that we used to have days like that Mm. But I don't think like that happens as often now where you like can't leave your house maybe up there Yeah, um, but I guess
1: so. I mean, it's funny because Dawson itself is actually like square footage of the actual town. It's very small. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you were living outside of town, you would have that same um, sort of feeling of not being able to. You know, even on the fringes of town, I'm sure it gets Mm -hmm. a little isolating because you still have to walk. 10 minutes or whatever but half the people i talked to were like i don't know i don't actually go outside that much i go to my car and i get my car and i drive four right. blocks into town <laughs> like into downtown and then i get out of my car like they're not yes. even it's it's a bit of a different because it's not quite uh yeah yes, if you're outside of town then it's more rural but actually yes. in town mm-hmm. you're still walking distance from the four businesses that are open all winter <laughs> long <laughs> yes, totally
0: is there like is the arts community its own community or is just like everybody there artists? Like, do you find that it's uh, like like the whole town is very much like friendly and all a part of a community, or is like it's a bit more like the arts community segregated? Segregated. That's not the I word. mean, I want to
1: say I know. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. I want to say that everyone is in it, but I might have a, a wrong impression of that. Right. Uh, there definitely is still the just kind of small town vibe. There's, right. Um, but it, but it does feel like if you have an event everyone comes out you know that i was mm-hmm. seeing on social media they do this like halloween burlesque show and they had two nights and they sold out at the theater in town wow. and like you know so people support it and they come out um, right but there's definitely other things that happen in town that i'm sure don't never touch the art scene so. right. it's only 1300 people wow um, <laughs> so, so small. there are some divides but it feels because it's so small that the art
2: stuff is everywhere and mm-hmm. um, I'm sure it's also like very multi-generational yeah like people oh, yeah. have like their grandparents are there and their aunts and uncles are there
1: mm. and
2: it's like families have stayed there so it's not necessarily or not only like a big a small community it's like pockets of families yeah that have all grown up together for years and years and years yeah
1: there's mm-hmm. definitely that yeah a lot of transplants of people who came for the summers and just never left <laughs> the spell of the Yukon is real wow. um but yeah it's cool I mean my friend who grew up there it's her mom who helped fund who helped establish a lot of those um, mm. art communities and she's amazing like she helped start the original music festival and stuff so um it's cool to see that but I don't know it, it's just it did make an interesting perspective in coming back and like asking myself what kind of life I do want to lead
2: where I feel most comfortable, like really a big, I know, I'm <laughs> oh, like no, on a day-to-day no day basis. No idea, yeah, right. or like yeah. what kind of communities I do you want? I still don't
1: have an answer to it of whether I would be happier in the city or in the country. I love both, and I know mm-hmm. that that is a specific, uh, special kind of community in the country. It's yes. not if you go to any small town; it's going to be the same as Dawson City. It's not at all, right? Um, but yeah, I think you know being. I just turned 32, and like, that question of like settle, where are you going to settle down or where do you really want to like, put your roots is still um, something that comes up a lot. Um, and then I'm trying to decide, and I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and then it gives you that like,
0: tight chest feeling. Totally, like someone's like stepping on you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's your future. It's stepping on you. <laughs> As I lay back in this comfy couch. <laughs> <laughs> like, would you guys move back home? No, no. I would have moved back to Brandon. <laughs> oh yeah, you're from Brandon. But I don't know. I get that. Like, I also the idea of like it being just like living in a small town is like very because yeah, I grew up at like on lakes like in the summer. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Which is so nice. Yeah, like, like countryside without. Pardon me. Being in the city without that kind of nature that's.
0: Oh, totally. <laughs> you can't be like hungover and like in Toronto, you're, like, hung over, and there's, like, five fucking fire ambulances all fucking going <laughs> by your fucking window. Whereas, like, at the lake, you're hung over, you just, like, go and jump in the lake, and you're yeah. like, I'm good. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, I wouldn't move home. It's, like,
2: the town that I grew up in is 1,500 people. Yeah, okay. So. Um, and know. without that sense of a yeah. place for you, I guess. Yeah, I find that it being so small, the arts community is kind of limited to like kids programs yeah. and recreational programs. Mm-hmm. And I might get in trouble for saying that cause I've never lived there as an adult, <laughs> but like, yeah, that's all that I ever saw. And even when I go back, there's like, it's like kid stuff, yeah, mm-hmm. which is fine, but I don't want to be a teacher yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't want to live 45 minutes from like the nearest anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is like really hard. Like my parents' farm is 45 minutes drive like on a highway if you want to go see a movie (laughs) yeah i know it's you're like oh it's beautiful to be out here
1: but it's so isolating and yeah it takes that extra amount of effort and time out of your day
0: yeah Yeah. sometimes i also think like if you had that much time to just like be by yourself which would be lonely and i understand that but i feel like i would just get so much more thinking done like i i am very prone to just like i don't want to think about that right now yeah. And then I just like go outside or like get distracted by something else or distract myself. <laughs> Sometimes I think like if I just like th- I would have time to like and because I'd be stuck with my thoughts, yeah. <laughs> I guess that I would have to. Yeah. In in, sm- in doses, out. I think that works. Yeah.
1: I think if I it goes on too long, then
0: I think yeah, you I like a... a
1: territory of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> total, totally of like stop <laughs> trying to figure out ways to stop your brain from thinking too much. Yeah. Or but...
2: And that just like might be like a personality thing. Yeah. Where I think it would be like really lovely to go up. To somewhere like my parents, for like a short stint, yeah. and like do work. And if I had like access to resources to like do that, like if there was like a studio there, yeah, that I wanted, you know, yeah, absolutely. or I had like the bodies to like take up to something like that,
1: you yeah, know? yeah, no, and I because I agree with you totally that I think creativity really does come from almost like yeah, from a meditation sort of yeah. standpoint. Mm-hmm. I like think you really you can oversaturate yourself with like absorbing everything that is going on in the creative community or, you know, attending mm-hmm. things and looking at things. But then at the same time, you're really only going to end up coming up with an idea. If you,
0: yeah, it's be still, it also feels very rushed in the city. Sometimes like everything, just cause it's moving a million miles a minute that it just feels like it's constantly like bigger, faster, quicker, stronger. Mm-hmm. Who's What's first? the next project? What's the next thing? What's the next? You don't really have time to embrace any projects. Yeah. Which is just, also, I find an issue in Canada because of our funding like grid that w- there was not a lot of time to really like think about projects, like one project on its own. Yeah. You know? And yeah. give it kind of like the time and love that it needs. Which is bad because I think like, you don't get to like fully think, and that's why there's a lot of like half-ass work getting done too.
1: Yeah, I know. You need that. It's a, I went to a talk. I don't know if I was talking about this when we did the shoot because I feel like it was around that time. Mm. Um, U of T Rotman Business School does these like book talks, mm. and I went to one that was called "Hustle and Float." Mm. Um, that was about sort of creativity in the, our current state of overproduction, like, and how as a creative you need this time this like space away from sort of the capitalist system and away from the idea of like making money off of it immediately in order to actually come up with any creative ideas um i haven't finished the book but (laughs) the (laughs) talk was really good i feel like she was just like hitting on a lot of the points that i it's called hustle and float float. um Mm -hmm. Mm I'm not going to attempt the author's name because I don't want to get it wrong. (laughs) But yeah, it's based off the, I guess, hustle and float is also the word for like when you're rafting and you go through, there's like periods of just floating and then you go through like a rapid and you go really fast. Mm. And uh, how basically these days, even like she used the example of Beyonce, you know, everyone talks about Beyonce as this like productivity genius, you know, she's 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with your time? You know, there's like tote bags. And there's and like the meme, it's yeah, like,
0: it's like <laughs> we all have the same amount of time yeah. as Beyonce. Let's yeah, not yeah, exactly. compare ourselves to <laughs> someone who has I a team of people <laughs> and endless amounts of resources.
1: <laughs> but in like 2014, Beyonce had to take an entire year away from like working because she just burnt herself out mm-hmm, so yeah. intensely. And like that, it doesn't work for people. Like, no, it's- And I hate it. I, I hate this, like, I find it very hyper for some reason too, this like competitive Mm -hmm. you must be busy, you must look busy and be stressed about being busy all of the time in order to be a successful person or to be considered successful. And yeah, I think for creative people, that's really harmful because you aren't given space. Um, And like you were saying with funding, I'm sure that's a thing Like nobody wants to, it looks bad to fund somebody not producing anything Mm -hmm. for a long period of time. It's like, okay, here's three months and then show us what you did. And
0: it looks bad to fund somebody with all of the money. (laughs) <laughs> to yes. give them like yes. a time Space. to think about something when yeah. you could just like give pockets of not enough money to mm-hmm. multiple yeah. people
2: but and it's also like very where money is going is very like politically aligned yeah yeah i i have to
1: say i'm totally out
2: of the like grant sort of all of that field um like we applied for like maybe two since we've been or maybe one but like
0: there's nothing really for podcasting so. oh for po- yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. We applied for one for a short film, put it in the wrong category because we didn't know
0: you had to apply for We to apply for two separate ones and, and got a, disqualified.
2: Yeah. And not like one big one, like we thought. Um, but for dance stuff, you're just usually working with other people who it's, a, yeah.
0: Yeah. Apply or something. Yeah. Speaking a little bit to like what we're talking about with every always being busy. I read this thing on, I think it was like Instagram because I follow therapists now not, Ooh, yeah. Love uh, that. <laughs> 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 and not fitness influencers And, it's like when somebody asks how are you or like how are you doing people immediately list off like their resume or like what their like next thing is it's not like how they're actually feeling and if you like start really like noticing how people respond to that question or people that ask it Mm -hmm. it's like very interesting (laughs) people are just like well i'm super busy i'm doing this this and this and this and this and 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 you're like no no no, no." like how are you as a person yeah yeah Yeah. it's a tough um, think like give an honest answer yeah. to that
2: I think and from from both sides yeah, yeah. From sometimes I like get that question from especially when I walk into work like a serving job everybody's like how are you and I'm like do I really want to divulge my entire day right now <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> because I've like had a bad day or I've, like I've yeah. done four things that didn't go the way that I wanted them mm-hmm. to and you're like I don't even want to like dive into that hole of how I'm actually feeling so I'm going to be like it's okay I don't I feel like I was I'm like good and then you're like
1: well then this thing's (laughs) like the automatic response is good and then if you feel like they want more keep
2: going (laughs) lay it on them but yeah or do you ever like answer honestly and then you feel like your coworker or your friend is just like back off (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're like i didn't really want five minutes of your time i just was being polite pleasantries yeah yeah
0: Yeah. It's uh... It's their fault. They asked a fucking question. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't actually care, then don't, then don't ask. Yeah. I'd rather you just say nothing to me as I walk in the door.
1: And (laughs) it's like a silent nod to happen. (laughs) That's like a very like German approach. (laughs) Full on. They don't really have those like niceties of, of, you know, how are you? Oh, it was nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like, I'll say it if I mean it, but like,
0: I'm not going to say it if I don't right. <laughs> like, I respect that to a certain extent. I mean, like such an example of that, which I really notice, is that people like standing up after performances or after shows,
1: like, like, yeah, like standing ovations, ovations
0: yeah. and like, I feel like in Canada, people just like do it because it's like a thing that we have to do. <laughs> but like the standing, like the root of a standing ovation yeah. is because like something was so spectacular and you were so like, Oh, but people now just like stand up for everything, and part of me at the end of shows, if I don't like it, I just want to be like, I'm gonna see. Do you like get here the whole time? You're
2: like the last one to stand. You're like, Ugh.
0: yeah, and it's, it's <laughs> literally just because I don't want to be like, be like, oh that f- bitch in the front didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You want you're like, okay, I don't want to be the one. Totally. To, yeah,
1: to look badly, but uh, I don't really believe in this <laughs> standing. <laughs> you know?
0: Standing ovation is like.
1: I don't really believe in it I know and then it just I mean what's going to come after that if the standing ovation stops meaning anything anything. what actually means anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah because what
0: what will people start doing to actually show that they care about it I think that's like writing an email after or like Hmm. a review Hmm. maybe like a review in terms of like a Google review (laughs) (laughs) about a show can you Yelp review shows (laughs) I interesting never want
2: that. Can you Google review dance? Shows? No, no, no. You probably maybe a company like if they like a critic.
1: That is kind of funny yeah. actually. That it's like reviewing has become so democratized. Anyways, like everyone writes their own fucking restaurant reviews, but uh, dance reviews and like art reviews are still kind of left to the professionals. Well, I guess blogs.
2: There's a lot of lots of blogs. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
0: I Don't know where I was going. Put it that. here first. Google. <laughs> Our idea. Don't steal it. Oh, Get a patent on it. <laughs>
1: oh no! I think there are reviews for like art galleries though, which are f- funny. I feel like I've heard things yeah. that people are like complain about, you know, like the Met Gallery or something. Like,
2: <laughs> and it's always
0: like lines are too long. So old. Oh my god. I love it. I'm sure it exists somewhere in the world. Right. You think like where the Mona? I would love to go and just like read the reviews for like where the Mona Lisa is. Oh God, see like (laughs) what the reviews are. Small painting. Couldn't even see. Have you been? Yeah. 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 It's didn't live up to expectations. It's so interesting. Like I went with my uncle, who's a big, um, really like knows a lot about art and you know everything and he took all of us and so he we went in and he's telling us like stories about everything and like the painting where the mona lisa is is, like, everyone's always looking at that one. Yeah. But what's actually really funny is that the painting that's behind it is, like, this massive, if you ever ever it, it's like, this massive, it's huge, on the opposite wall, right? The, yeah, yeah, it's this huge wall, like... Sorry, because I've been in there. I don't remember. Yeah. Exactly, it's, it's, because you probably only ever looked at the books. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny, because you look back, and my uncle was like, so interesting story. Like, 100, and, 100 years ago, they were, like, transporting this painting, and somebody, like, fell... And, like, a huge rip happened in this painting. And that painting's, like, three times the size of this wall, right? it's very big. And they had to, like, you know, like, hand-stitch it and fix all of it. And you can, like, still see it. So, I mean, like, people wouldn't, if you were, like, an actual, like, art viewer, you'd be like, ah, oh, no, there was an issue with this painting. But, like, nobody ever actually looks at it because the Mona Lisa's in that room. Right? So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so fuck that She's painting. She's kind of taken up
0: all the space. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Isn't it like when you walk in the door, you can, like, see the Mona Lisa, and you can see all the people, and then you have to, like, turn around and look at the big painting? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah, that's what I remember the door yeah. being. It's like a three, because where the Mona
0: Lisa it's like a three.
2: No, is it one room? It's, I feel like the Mona Lisa's like, has its own standing wall. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, you can, like, they're go all, like all the, the way around. It, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 If that even is the Mona Lisa, who knows? Well, conspiracy theory. <laughs> if, if, if it really is. <laughs>
1: yeah. Who knows, right? Does it matter? I don't know. Did you, have you watched that show? There's a show on Netflix, um, Fake or Fortune, where they try to prove the authenticity of these works of art. Like Ooh. somebody brings something in and they're like... I want to get this, like, to sell it or to mm-hmm. insure it right. or whatever, or they're just like, I don't know, We like, there's one church that had this, like, dirty painting that, you know, there's all these stories about how it ended up in their possession during the war or something like that, and then they do this very dramatic investigative, like, mm-hmm. but it's really interesting because it still is the question of the hand of the artist, you know, like, there's some that they, barely anyone can tell the difference, but there's just like a small thing like if you can't prove it then it won't be included in any of the catalogs and it won't be Mm. like sold at the same prices but um it still looks like the painting it still fools almost everyone or like convinces everyone um right yeah it's
2: uh so, like, who cares if it's the real Mona Lisa? Exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. is still... still selling tickets.
2: Ugh, doesn't God. matter. I don't
0: think is having any issues with their funding. <laughs> so
1: this is huge. It's so nice, though. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing I keep meaning to do is go, go to the gallery more. Go to even the AGO.
2: I'm actually really excited because the 100th anniversary of Merce Cunningham is coming to the AGO. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm trying to remember Merce Cunningham... It's a Very postmodern yeah. uh, contemporary dance out of New York. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. he set up before he died. He danced for like seventy years. Okay, he was like in a wheelchair, still running his company. Yeah, yeah. type deal. He set up the Merce Cunningham Trust. So when he so he had archived all, so much archiving, so many things, put it in this trust. He as soon as he died, his company was disbanded. No one else was allowed to create new work under his name. They only the people that were in the company were certified or. Legally allowed to teach yeah. Cunningham rep because um, it's only rep, it's not a technique, right? Yes, just rep. Just repertoire. Um, and so now that it's 100 years of Merce Cunningham, they're like touring all this work and all of his films that he's done and stuff like that. Will
1: there be performances? Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah I'm sure that I've come across. Work at some point. Yeah, back in the day, it's very weird for me. But people yeah, don't weird. like it actually. Yeah, a lot of people hate it. Yeah, oh. it's like it's not really like aesthetically pleasing that often. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. like very like fragmented, and it's usually doesn't go with music. Usually, he was like layering things on top yeah. just to see what happened. He would like there was a lot um, of his work where there'd be like a timer on stage. And the dancers would have choreography and the music would be different every night. So they only knew where they were in the piece by what the timer that they could see set. Yeah. Just to throw things off. Yeah. Just
0: to me. (laughs) Well, like, that's so interesting. Like, Hoffish, I mean, Hoffish Actor, which is another company, which is um, in the UK. I remember when we learned rep for one of their pieces Mm -hmm. for Barbarians in Love. And, like, there's three pieces in Barbarians in Love and they're all, like, very contrasting. Mm -hmm. And one piece is just, like, a 100 little. It's, like, all different movements to different counts, and it's like this. And I remember we were out for Drinks with the Dancers, and they said that they have one person on stage that has an earpiece with, because there's music, but it's yeah. not actual. And in their earpiece, it's, like, Huffer counting it <laughs> so that they can stay on, like, the right counts and don't oh, get lost man. in the classical music. So there's one person that if somebody gets lost, they have to be, like, and, like, follow the person <laughs> who's, like, got the earpiece in. That's oh, like my God. Yeah, which is insane. I can't even, like...
1: Yeah, while well, some other music is playing that you're trying to ignore entirely.
0: Yeah, um, and, and not get caught up in the yeah. mover. <laughs> yeah, not be easily distracted. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> would not be me. I yeah. mean, I think that's your
1: sk- the skill as a dancer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like yeah. to be able to move your body differently than the- with right. the music, but also against the music sometimes.
0: Totally. I know, it makes me miss... Miss dance. <laughs> yeah. Have you? because you're a graphic designer now, right? Anna? yeah, well, yeah. how else do you work? Cause you do like tons of art things. Yeah. It was funny. Cause I was talking to somebody about
1: last night about, um, this podcast and they're like, Oh, well, are you an artist? And I was like, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've always kind of done stuff. Um, I did dance during school and then, or during high school and elementary school. And then um, fine art, I guess, at university. And then nowadays I find it's a lot more, uh, yeah, design and sort of practically... Um, applied art uh, and doing just making anything, making things in my Mm -hmm. apartment for no reason. You do (laughs) have an amazing apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But did you notice the painting sitting collecting dust in the back corner? (laughs) (laughs) She does. She lives in like the nicest buildings. Uh, Yeah. Except for the upstairs neighbor. But, (laughs) um, but yeah, it's super um, nice. And then these days, yeah. So I find that graphic design does satisfy a certain amount of like color, compositional, um,
0: art sort of ideal. I, um, what am I trying to say? Like in your brain, like it just like still. Yeah. It feels like this. an expression to some yeah. extent.
1: Um, creative, like output. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Words. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And then I make the bags. I make leather bags as well and accessories. But I feel like I just always, I see something and want to figure out how to do it and then, work with different materials or just knit. I've been doing a lot of knitting. and mm-hmm. um, But I would like to get back to actually painting um, as well because that was kind of when I moved in that apartment, I was like, oh, and I'll have space to paint. And then you close yourself in very quickly yeah. with no space to paint. And I still don't even know where I would be able to do it because I was doing like fairly large acrylic mm-hmm. paintings, um, like four by five foot kind of things. Wow. And, there's not really actually that much space in there to do it like it would take up other space which I can do but um but yeah for now the graphic design I'm doing like a window display this month too which I find really fun um for I, like a store yeah um so I did one for her I don't yeah it's not a secret or anything so we're gonna be doing it like a week <laughs> uh can be on queen okay she has blankets and pillows from Peru cool um, but the owner Camille is fantastic and um she and I did the display we did a window display for a wedding collection that she like kind of custom creates the color palettes for these different um seasonal collections and so we did a wedding one and then we did a summer one which I also painted a little mural um at the entrance to the store Mm -hmm. on the exterior wall and like that was really nice to go back to and to just it's an abstract which I'd never really done before but it, otherwise it was like fairly similar to the work I'd been doing in university of kind of like mm-hmm. f- flat color um and it got such a good response and I really I don't I don't think I'm gonna do another mural like for Christmas but we're gonna do a Christmas window display this month and I find that so fun because it's just like sculptural like tactile totally. um,
2: uh yeah you get to and, see what you're doing right away yeah so like you put things in and you're like oh i maybe not and you get to like revamp it. Yeah, because right. you yeah. always think
1: that you can that you can plan it before, but I'm I've never been one of those people, and I think that's why I'm such a maker right. is that I actually don't have a very good eye for end result. Like mm. I don't work backwards. Oh, in that right. way. okay. I find like mm-hmm. I, I mm. find that whatever I think it's going to look like in the end, it never really does because right. it's always a feeling. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like I have to I have to look at things and I have to move them around. Yep. in order to know that it's right. Um and however it is in my head doesn't always um Do you work a lot with like symmetry
0: in terms of like where things are? Is that like
1: I don't know. It's one of those things I can't describe of uh knowing when something feels right to me and when it doesn't. And so sometimes it will take a few tries or like actual prototyping something or um yeah, like building a tiny version of it or like painting out swatches or something like that um because it's even if you think that you're planning it strategically symmetry like yeah sometimes I I always like one thing off like even if it feels symmetrical one thing has to be sort of different in order for it to actually be beautiful Mm -hmm. I think right I think being too pristine you can't connect with it really
2: Because it's, like, not human. Yeah, exactly. So there's, like, nothing drawing you in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Have you ever played the game Set? No. Have you ever seen this game? I was
1: introduced to it in, like, grade six through a friend, and I've still played it. But I feel like design-minded people get it, really. It's basically, it's, like, you lay out a grid of, like, 12 cards, um, and you have to make sets of three. Mm. There's three different shapes, three different fills, Mm. like, stripes, solid, or hollow. Um, three different colors and basically all to make a set they either have to be like all the same or all different Mm -hmm. I don't know I think about it all the time (laughs) (laughs) it's like if you have I don't know how do I describe (laughs) that like uh, if you have a grouping of things and some of them share a property and only one of them is different or like two of them it just like throws it all off either like all have to be different or they should all share that quality okay like yes is a way of yeah. I don't know. if you ever see the card game? It's really funny and it's people get so into it. Like, <laughs> it makes you start looking at the world in sets. Sort of. I remember that we were playing it so intensely after uh, the like um, standardized testing in grade six. We would play it when everyone was done because it was something you could do yeah. sort of silently. Yeah. And uh, I remember just like looking around at like groups of people and being like, that's not a set. <laughs> <That's>
0: <laughs> a set. Oh,
1: what has my brain just done? But um, aesthetically, I feel like in terms of symmetry, it's like this different kind of, you know, they can all be different colors, but they should share a
2: shape or, I don't know. It has to be something connecting them. Yeah. Relationship yeah. in some way. Relationships. Yeah.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that window displays are so cool, especially during the holiday season. And it actually makes me kind of sad in Toronto that people don't go like, more full out. Yeah. Cause there's so many like window shops. I don't know. I just like love like I wish we had like one street where you could walk by and there was yeah. just like a hundred like beautiful different winter you know like displays. I know. The lights and yeah. That's not like the Queen Street Bay one that's just like that's <laughs> not. Uh, what is there? Nordstrom and the Bay. Yeah. It's only yeah. really like Oh with that corner. Yeah. Because
2: yeah, yeah. they do like that yeah Queen and
0: Young yeah. corner.
2: Just the uh, window.
1: I go to no.
0: that corner. <laughs> Especially during the holidays. So oh, God, like... no.
1: God. Yeah, we've got two more weeks when you can still go to the Eaton Center, and then after that, no. <laughs> everybody's dead. No, back.
2: I feel like I went there on a Friday the other day, and it was awful, and I was like, why? We were there. It was like, oh, yeah. And it was like raining outside. Then we and we walked in, like and gross. we were just
0: like, it's
2: kind like of don't these people yeah. like, have lives?
1: Yeah. Well, that's kind of why I love... Uh, not having a nine to five and like, I, I can go do these errands and like, like I have to go to Yorkdale tomorrow to get my computer fixed and I'll just try and go at like 11 o'clock in the morning and yeah, there won't time. be anyone there. Yeah. it's horribly empty. It's probably empty. I do everything in my power to avoid rush hour oh, <laughs> all of the time. I hate it. <laughs> like yeah. don't want to be stuck on a bus streetcar at five o'clock or like, no.
2: I nine canceled more. an appointment this morning because it was at like 10 o'clock and I would have to leave like just after nine. Mm. And then I checked the TTC alerts because it was like first day snow. Uh. And they're like, line two was shut down because there was like no power. And I was like, canceled my appointment. I was like, not coming. There was no power yeah. in line two. Yeah. Oh. I was like, I'm not, I was like, I'm not getting on a shuttle bus at nine o'clock in the morning
0: nope. to go across line two. It's going to be a fucking disaster. No, God. <laughs> I remember it was during like the springtime last year. And something happened on the trains, and they all just like stopped running from like Ossington to like St. George. And I remember the amount of people, Mm. and it was like during morning rush hour, it was like nine in the morning. Mm. And I like got off at Ossington, and it was like literally just walls of people. Everyone was like pissed off, the lines aren't running. It was like mountain. It felt like something bad was about to happen. Like it felt like people were trying to like move, and nobody could move. And then like, They they got upstairs to the buses and then they were like, there's no buses. You should just walk. So then all these people just like, (laughs) TTC info people. And then just like all these people started walking down the street. And I was like, what is happening? (laughs) Just like angry riot herd mentality. Just like, yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. I can't imagine like. I'm so glad I don't have to commute. Like if I had to do that every day. Oh yeah. In like London, imagine like morning rush hour on the tube.
1: I do actually like, um, like the last two weeks, I've gone to work with a client out at the East Room and I'll take the actual like Dundas bus, mm-hmm. not during rush hour, mm. all the way across town. It's like almost an hour because mm-hmm. it's um, it's like Dundas and the DVP basically mm-hmm. right there. And it's so nice because I do like travel time to a certain extent. I find that it's sort of what you're saying of like that moment of just all you can do is be there, be there. Yeah. Yeah, And I was listening to a podcast this time, but I still find it's, yeah, it's a moment to just like sit, think, watch the city go by. I get on early enough that I can just get a seat in the back and I don't have to like stress about it. Um, yeah. And doing those without being like standing up, sweating, crammed next to somebody is, I, I, I've thought about it actually in terms of how much I love to travel. I'm like, maybe I should just take long train rides or like get on a go train (laughs) or something just for like a moment of that meditation, of like forcing yourself to think about things because I find that when I travel and when I'm sitting looking out the window traveling is when I do a lot of Mm -hmm. thought or getting excited about stuff or kind of like um, thinking ahead.
0: Yeah. Inspiration will kind of come to you in those moments too. I find like you always have to like write something down. Yeah. Like you in like a journal.
1: You put on a really good album and just listen to it really loud and then it gets (laughs) things going. Or yeah. Or podcasts gotten back into um, on being with oh, Krista nice. Tippett she does really interesting It kind of comes from like a spiritual perspective but in a very broad sense of what that means yeah um, with a lot of um, people who I guess think about those in different ways of, like Zen and um, she also like she had Esther Perel on who Esther Perel yeah so it's, yeah 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 that's an interesting one because it's a lot more about her rather than her um, writing and you know work yeah so, yep. Who she is, and, um, I didn't realize that she was actually like Polish Jewish. Mm. They're always they always stir something up to like start thinking about. Um, but I find sometimes that I, yeah, I get so used to just sort of waking up and filling myself with whatever is on my phone or whatever I have to do that day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That taking those moments, those like hours to mm-hmm. pause and not
0: do that. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> And kind of like the people that uh, take the train in from like Hamilton or yeah. anything. Some trains are so beautiful. We were taking the up train yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> or not yesterday, like two weeks ago on the way back from New York. Remember oh, I yeah. remember I looked out and I was like, it's so beautiful here. Like and I take that up train often. Yeah. like it, it, I live right near it and it's very easy. But it was like fall, and we were on our way to New York, and I like mm. looked out the window, and I was like, I don't even remember that. And we like went across this like beautiful valley of like trees, trees. and I was, like, oh, oh, on the way up New to the airport. airport. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, I know. There That's is nice. something about that. Yeah, trip. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys
0: go to New York for?
2: Just for fun.
0: We went for fun, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we did like a dance workshop, but which is why. just mostly for fun. <laughs> I, know, I
1: find myself like craving going back I I mm-hmm. went a lot for a period of time like I lived there when I was 21 just for a few months in the summer mm-hmm. and then being in Montreal and then working for a designer in Montreal who was living in New York at the time I went like often mm-hmm. and as crazy as it is and like dirty and so many people there's still something about it that you just can't like
2: yeah kick I don't know I, I agree <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know what it is though it's wonderful it's
1: yeah, there's always something exciting or new that
2: you're going there for. I don't know. Stores yeah. or... Ugh, except we tried to go to the Glossier store. There was a lineup. <laughs> and security. Really
0: yes. It was a Saturday. I was, oh, like, true. A Saturday it was a Saturday afternoon. It was a Saturday
2: afternoon. We didn't really think about it.
0: <laughs> we were like, oh, we'll just pop into the Glossier yeah. store quick because we know what we want. And it's like on our way home. Because <sighs> the last time we went, it was like closing and it was like... I think it was like a Sunday night or yeah. like something. It like
2: was that. like also February. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So there's nobody
1: waiting. I'm sure anything. they try to keep it so that it's not like chaos in there. So there's yeah. probably always security at the door. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Well, What's funny because I feel like I used to go to always go to like Muji and Uniqlo.
0: Oh. And now that we have them here.
2: <laughs> like I go to know. New York. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: I really like, wanted to go to Everlane. Mm, yeah. Like, but, they, but then literally the day before we went to New York, I saw that Nordstrom's has a Everlane pop-up. Yeah. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you gotta go. Don't need to. Although don't they need don't to have everything.
1: Pardon? They don't have all of this stuff. No. So. I know.
0: I like creep that website so
1: often. I know. <laughs> I feel like everyone does, and you always get almost to the cart, and then you're like, do I want to pay the duties? Like, is yeah. it worth it? <laughs> no, I don't know.
2: No. Right. But, Never. But
1: it's um, worth it.
2: I feel like we're catching you at an interesting point in your life, because in your email, you're like, I'm just like coming up on a year of being... Yeah. Freelance full-time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been, like, the most hard or changing? (laughs) (laughs) I know when I wrote that, I was like, that's pretty honest.
1: (laughs) 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 But I think that's fair. I think it's fine, and it's, like, good to remind myself that it's going to be hard for a bit. Yeah. Um, And that, yeah, like, going on almost a year of being freelance as graphic designer, creative director, sort of whatever, um, um, attracts me right now in terms of projects. Um, but yeah, it was a real, I didn't realize how much work I'd have to do in terms of, um, figuring out my own value and money and asking people for money and figuring out how much, like, I feel bad every time. Mm -hmm. I right? get asked for a certain amount and then you get the response back of like, Oh my God, that's such a good price. And you're like, Oh, oh crap, gosh. I should have gone higher. Like, <laughs> or like always wanting to cut everyone deals. Like it's yeah, I, totally. I'm realizing that in myself of, of feeling guilty if I don't offer them some, even if it's not somebody that I know or anything like that, totally. but having to, um, explain my pricing and, uh, find value in yourself. Like it does take a lot of work and, I guess this is the first time that I've been trying to support myself off of my own creative ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to work for quite a few years, sort of, um, secure in this company that I could try out new roles. And then if I liked it, sort of keep moving into that role and settling into it. And that's how I, um, ended up as creative director at, um, my past job. And it's, now is just me. Yeah. <laughs> <a weird thing. laughs> uh, yeah, it's hard now to, uh, be confident in your own creative choices and lead those choices. And like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, even before I left the job and then having left it, I feel like I've been doing a lot of self-care in terms of, um, just going to therapy and thinking about it a lot and journaling a lot and like trying to talk to people about it and work through it. But like, um, yeah, so I have a friend who does it, who does freelance creative work as well. And I had asked her about how she estimates estimates, writes estimates quotes. <laughs> yeah, And, uh, she was like, well, you know, you also have to then write in your creative value. Like What's if you're mean? doing, yeah. And that's the hard <laughs> thing. If you're, if you're coming up with somebody's brand identity, right. like sure you do the hours, but also you kind of have to write in like royalties almost to the cost. Like Ooh. they're going to continue to use your creative idea to sell themselves. Right. And so how, how much sell that? Yeah. And how much is your vision worth sort of, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm the one who's coming up with this that you like. And so you should pay me for that. But it's, people aren't willing to um, do it sometimes or see the value in that, which is right. also an interesting thing. I think there definitely are some people in some corporations and like larger companies that um, don't take creative work for granted. They know that they're not good at that. They're going to get someone else to do it. Right. But for smaller companies, it is very hard to really put the money into a unique idea. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. rather than like, um, like hours of work that are really easy to track and to understand. it's that thing of sort of giving yourself space, like somebody paying you to have space to think creatively, um, is basically what you're working into your pricing. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of that and, uh, understanding that, if somebody doesn't like your pricing, or if no, they never respond to you, don't take it personally. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just means it wasn't the right project. It means that right. uh, you shouldn't be doing it anyways because you're not going to get the money that you're gonna um, that you wanted for it. So you're, you're not going to be valued the way that you deserve
2: exactly. to be. Yeah, and you
0: and know you're, you're going to probably be resentful after. Yeah, yeah.
2: Especially if they're like turned out to be awful to work with. Yeah. <laughs> right? exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and also not undervaluing yourself because some people like under figuring out who is going to um think that your higher value means that you're better <laughs> also like you want to keep it at the sweet spot um because i think that there are some bigger companies i haven't quite come across that but i've thought about it in terms of you know, if you price a product higher, people are like, ooh, why is that worth that much? Right. It must be,
2: you know. And then if you didn't live up to that, or the work that you do didn't live up to that, that's kind of like a weird thing. Well, yeah, that's a, I mean, yeah, not doubting
1: myself in that way too. I guess I can do this project or um, I can learn it. And I still, I'm still putting in a lot of definitely free hours into stuff and um, the amount of time too that it takes to just find work like, your own time that you have to put in of mm-hmm. yep. these quotes and estimates because they're not really paying you for that. Like, it nope. is worked into the price, but people are like, wow, you're making, like, you could make that much an hour. And you're like, yeah, but that's also, like, all of this time and all of my yeah. hardware and, like, my programs, you know? I have to spend on Adobe Creative Cloud every month and, yep. like, all of this stuff um, that has worked into the pricing. So I need to, I need to raise my prices, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh... Yeah. Um it's been going well, but uh I did just like I just got a restaurant job and I think admitting to myself that I needed to do that actually was a funny. Mm. I for a while was like, "No, no, no. I need back. the space. I have to right. like I, this has to be my job." And I'm like, "No, no, it's fine if you do two or 3 days a week to just make that extra money so you don't have to stress about it." Um yeah. but I at the beginning thought that that would be a failure. But that mm-hmm. would mean that I you're like, oh, I'm going back. Yeah, I'm going backwards. Yeah, you know, and it's still kind of, I think, to people who aren't artists, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it might seem that way, right. or like serving as some sort of lesser than job. Yeah. But I, as creatives, and even talking to like Andy last night, and you know, she's like, these are the jobs that keep us afloat and being able to, yeah, um, be creative uh-huh. and be a bit more picky, but. Uh, so I think it's, it's just reminding myself constantly of like, it isn't going to happen overnight. Yes. All of the jobs aren't going to come overnight. I'm doing great things that I love and I'm doing pretty well at them, but, um, you know, to get those consistent clients and to find the ones who are willing, who are able to support you in that way. Cause it's still a lot of small businesses that are small projects here and there, right. um,
2: that those will come, but and a year isn't that long. <laughs> no, it's really, really not. How did you figure out how to price yourself the first time around that you did it? Um, honestly, I think I
1: kind of made up a price. Um, <laughs> which, it was reassuring to hear. Like, the friend who I had talked to to get her um, how she does it yeah. um, had kind of also said, like, I was expecting her to give me a magic formula, and she was like, "There isn't one yeah. <laughs> like who's your client? How much are you going to be doing for them? Right. How much is it you know creative vision versus like mundane sort of technical work mm-hmm. um, And so I kind of picked a number i mean I'd worked with contract um designers and stuff before at the old job, so I'd seen sort of variations in pricing. Right. Um and just with every project I usually do actually what I found really helpful is to write a scope of work to do like a full on thinking about what this project is actually going to take and then writing also um a timeline which I've done for a lot of clients or not timeline but like a step-by-step step of like, this is what we're going to do. And then I'm going to send you these options and then you're going to send me revisions. And then we're going right. to go from here. And that seeing it all laid out helps me, um, sort of estimate hours. Cause I like to do project quotes is what I go for most of the time because it's not just like hourly graphic design. A lot of the time, it is a bigger creative project. Um, I find that it loosens everything up a little bit. Sure. Um, But yeah, writing the scope of work and doing like a a step-by-step process um, definitely helps me get a feeling for how much time is going to go into it. And then I sort of calculate the hours and add a little bit of buffer time um, and how long I think these things are going to take me. Uh, I've been trying to track the hours, even if I'm doing a project, which is not going that well, but, (laughs) (laughs) but now that I've done a few of like similar things, I know better. I'm like, okay, there's actually a bit more work in that than I thought there was in the beginning. So next time I'm going to quote a little bit more because these things get out of hand or I like to, Um, play around with things for a while on websites and stuff Um, but like I said like that my price has to go up it's yeah it's uh still difficult to push yourself to that level to be like okay now I'm going to ask for this much because then sometimes I think it's also just like the number that feels right like I was saying it, it before about even aesthetics like it's a lot of gut feeling <laughs> right? and what number, um, I think feels right in my gut for the client and for me and for timing. And then, um, saying those big numbers out loud or seeing them on a sheet of paper gets easier each time. Like right. what I thought was a big number at first now doesn't seem that big. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. Um, and it's because I know how much work goes into it, I think is also the thing and how much, um, people are actually willing to pay and that it is, I'm like, Oh, right. Everything. Like I'm, I am giving them this much and I do deserve
2: to be paid for that, but it takes a while. (laughs) Yeah. There's also like a weird, I find that there's always like weirdness around the conversation of funny anyways. Right. Yeah. We live in a culture that doesn't really openly talk about it. And especially between women, uh, which I find, like, woman-to-woman? Woman, yeah.
1: Like, I, I work with a lot of... Um... I don't know
0: why I needed to clarify.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you said that, you were, like, between women, and I was like... like
0: well, <laughs> I, <laughs> think I think that's what nice. that means. she meant. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm getting, like, fuzz everywhere, the sweater sheds. Um, <laughs> so there, why... You, you said it's weird between, like, when you're talking to a client of a, who's also a woman. Well, I guess it depends on
1: the type of... Not the type of, but, like... Um, I think that my feelings about wanting to get, like, feeling guilty for asking Mm -hmm. certain amounts um, is also in this, like, women pleaser role that a lot of people, and everyone just wants to be so nice and so friendly to each other, Mm -hmm. that that aggression, which I really like, and I would like business to be run that way, Mm -hmm. but I think the, like, over-politeness sometimes that women have, or the... Just
0: causes more um, confusion sometimes.
1: Causes more confusion, yeah. It's not quite as cutthroat, or not cutthroat, but, like... um, Straightforward? Yeah. Yeah. And so I try to keep it as straightforward as possible, but, um, yeah, email's a lot easier (laughs) to talk about pricing
2: than in person, I think. Totally. (laughs) There's not the, like... Um, well, you know, it's oh my God, if that's okay with you. Are you okay but with that? Yeah. No yeah. rush. No rush. But like, this is no really hard,
0: to no Like, rush. it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, like, as soon as money gets brought up in a conversation, like a live conversation, you like see somebody always goes, <laughs> right? It's like a deep breath then the <laughs> eyes close eyes. Yeah. just to like, or like, you say, if you say a number there, they're either like, okay. Or they're like, mm-hmm. It's like always, yeah. you can see, yeah, you like, can see the violence. it differently. But that's, I mean,
1: yeah, that's good. But also in my head, that happens when I send an email. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I just picture them opening it and going... <sighs> <laughs> <Don't
0: wait. laughs> like that's what,
1: and I'm like, oh my God, they haven't answered me for three days. Like, the first couple quotes that I sent out, I was just like... <gasps> they haven't an answered me because it's just too obscene or they don't know how to, you know, they don't know how to turn me down. And then half the time I get an email back being like, wow, that's totally reasonable. Like, let's do this. I'm like, oh, that's great. And then some people you don't hear from me you just have to accept that they're busy. They probably got quotes from other people as well. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I would get like stomach turning anxiety after sending it because I would picture that face. So I guess in person, at least you can see it right away and like deal with it. But <laughs> yeah, uh, But yeah, waiting on the response when you have no idea, and then the tone of you know, and you're like tone is hard. Tone is hard, and emails, and I think there was a um, you know the reductress on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, you guys should follow it. I feel like it would just speak to you directly. (laughs) It speaks to me really directly. But one of them, it's like an onion like headline. Okay. Okay. But mostly specifically for like women around our age, so it's like co struggles with where to take out the last exclamation point. Yeah. So like,
2: <laughs> you know, oh, you're crafting sorry. an
1: email and you're like, oh my god, I've written too many exclamations. It's like, it's like every, every sentence. sentence. <laughs> Hello. You're like, wait, do I end it with a lot or do I start it with a lot? Is <laughs> <Like,
0: laughs> the rest of the paragraph boring if <laughs> I don't use a uh,
1: point. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Everything, the reductress just gets me in that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, writing those emails and trying to um, sound... Do you, I, I think yeah. I'm a stickler for it. Sorry. Do you have uh, Grammarly? I do. So Grammarly on emails now will tell you what, how your emails sound. Oh, like, like you know, a like, tone? Yeah. Whoa. You'll be like, it'll Isn't be like a little emoji. That's like pro a pro version? Uh, yeah, I have the pro version. Uh-huh. Yeah. But like, it'll be like a little emoji and it'll be like, <laughs> and then you go to, and it'll be like, also <laughs> that was me sticking my tongue. It'll be like, this email sounds goofy. <laughs> and then it'll be like. Or it'd like, be like a little suit and tie. You're like, this is very businessy. Or be Wait, like, you maybe? sound relaxed. It's like very interesting. Maybe mine is telling me
1: that, but I didn't really understand what that was Click doing. Click the emoji. Oh, like when oh in the bottom I feel like of the it was... Corner. I thought it was... I have a memory of seeing that maybe come mm-hmm. up and be like, oh, it's suggesting an emoji or something <laughs> that totally. like I might want to put in. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And then I clicked
0: it one day because it was a <laughs> goofy face and I was like this sounds crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like ooh you're right you not having too many exclamation points
1: <laughs> wow yeah and it was you read it back and you were like that
0: is a crazy amount of exclamation <laughs> I think it was points. like a crazy email I was sending to my dad to be on oh, okay. I think yeah, it was yeah. like a business email that was going up but it was like I like check it now every time like before I send emails to like my professor or if I send emails to like dancers or you know whoever it is I'm always like what 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 emoji am I trying to be like how do I make this email sound like the goofy face shows up and you're like perfect (laughs) send yeah Oh,
1: there's nothing like that unsend undo button for the sending of the emails that they put in now. Where what? it'll be like your email has been sent and then there's a little undo next to it and you can like can in the second email? in the split second after you have about five seconds after oh, it sends. Yeah. You have it on Instagram
0: I know as well. Oh. Yeah. If you send like um a picture or something you can quickly undo as well. <laughs> Yeah, they know. Because it's always that as soon as you press send that you
1: realize oh that you oh, forgot the attachment or like, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's to the wrong person. or um, Yeah, I'm a real, it's, that's why I'm getting my uh, computer fixed because the keyboard's all messed up. And I feel like I'm such a stickler for proper communication and like grammar and stuff that it's driving me crazy that it keeps putting all these typos in and I have to go back through. So oh. um, I have to get that, yeah, fixed. But mm-hmm.
0: We have to ask the question. Ask the question. Yes. Is being an artist fucking killing you? (laughs) Uh,
1: Yes, I think so. Uh, I think it's a stress train of thought where it goes, I should be making money. To make money, I should be doing these jobs, but I don't want to do these jobs. I just want to make stuff and be creative. (laughs) Therefore, you will never make money. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and you're constantly you're like, well, okay, where's my success? And then you're like, well, all of the things I love to do are artistic success? endeavors. And but you know, people do. People become successful off of um, art, but um, is it killing me? I think, in that way, that it, I think I think I'm. The kind of person who's kind of conflicted about um, ideas of success and where you're supposed to find success and uh, what will actually bring you success. That um, it's, I was brought up, all of my sisters and I were all creative, but there's still a bit of a like. You have to get into business, or mm-hmm. right. I like would success. say it's the, like the the Jewish part of my background. <laughs> you should actually be a doctor or lawyer, <laughs> or marry one is the joke that we have in my family. That's like, <laughs> there's still this like, you know, generational like all of your old ancestors are whispering in your ear of <laughs> yeah. But you should be a doctor or a lawyer. Or a comedian. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> but that won't bring you success, I feel like. Yeah. The, uh, they still know that it won't. Yeah. Um, and so making money off of art is um, still something to kind of wrap my head around. And hopefully that what I'm doing now, I think is striking a bit of a balance. Um, it's just figuring out running your own business and being your own boss and doing it freelance is it's the best but it's also hard so we'll see if it if it'll keep keep accelerating or if i'll end up having to or wanting to go and learn more through another position which I, is another you have to tell yourself it's not failure
2: yeah Yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. again oh. okay
0: yeah thank you so much oh yeah no problem for everything Thanks, um, thank you all for listening. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like waiting for Corinne. <laughs> thank you all for listening. Um, if you're interested in checking out some of Anna's work, you can find her at Annaedel.com, A-N-N-A-E-D-E-L-L. All right. And if um you liked listening to this, please let us know. Leave us a review. Subscribe. <laughs> follow. Follow. Um, Go to our Instagram, go to our Twitter, do all of the things. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, Radio Public. I guess if you're listening to this, you would know that already. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) And have a great day. (laughs)
2: Perfect. Um, Before I turn your mic off, Anna, I'm going to ask you to do just a little intro, Mm -hmm. just your name and like what you do. 10 seconds. It is now cold tea, and it has lemon and honey in it. I don't know if you want it, though, because this is what... (laughs) (laughs) I sound like right now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to like my name as or I
1: am, or just like starting with my name?
2: Like hey, I'm. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, go for it. <laughs>